This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We are going to be discussing today a topic that <clears throat> is very relevant nowadays and it is not well known. It is not well known. It's a, it's a topic that's very relevant. I'll start off with a, with a story. A couple of weeks ago, my winter break, we went to an amusement park and we were waiting in line. And uh, it was a very long line, so I happened to be writing up some divre Torah to keep myself busy. There's only so much you can speak to the kids, right? <laughs> so I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I'm writing up some uh, divre Torah on this subject, and then I have a, a lady behind me asks me what I'm writing about. So I was thinking to myself, how am I going to present to her the topic of hadash? of flower that's hadash. So I told her, it's a Jewish law, it wouldn't interest you so much. She said, no, Bible, it interests me a lot. So I told her, yes, it's a verse in the Bible. And I explained to her the verse, and uh, I guess she was satisfied with that. <laughs> so we'll start with that. We'll start with the beginning. And the real question that I want to examine with today is, is what is the perspective of the Sfaradi scheme regarding the prohibition of Yashan, uh, of Hadash and Yashan, which we're going to see is a pasuk in the Torah. And interestingly, why was it not spoken about so much and what would be the halacha nowadays? So let's start with a little bit of, uh, a little bit of background. It says in the pasuk in, in, uh, in, uh, in Vayikra, it says in the pasuk in Vayikra, Perek Chav Gimel Yud Dalid, Velechem so it says bread and all types of other uh, other roasted grains or uh, or or or, um, or or wheat and where the the the, the Gemara discusses all of the different categories of of grains that are involved with this, which is wheat, barley, spelt. Uh, oats and rye, all of these are relevant to the prohibition of Yashan. One should not eat until you bring the Korbana Omer. And the Korbana Omer is always brought the second day of Pesach. But until the second day of Pesach, Hadash Asur, any flower that was planted after Pesach, and it was harvested, and it didn't have a chance to be on the market until and it didn't have a chance to be on the market until uh, uh, until uh, the springtime or the, the, the summertime. And then you have this bread in front of you. It's forbidden to eat. That's what's written in the Torah. Now the question is, is it still applicable even if we don't bring the Korban Omer? So here there's a Mishnah in Masechet Orla that says that Hadash is applicable whether it's in it's Eretz Yisrael. Whether it's in Hutzla Aritz, Hadash is applicable uh, till today. However, however, the uh, the there there is a Mishnah in Masechet Kiddushin that brings a machloket that Rabbi Azar uh, Rabbi Yezer says it's relevant uh, only be Eretz Yisrael and Tanakama say it's relevant ben be Eretz Yisrael ben be Hutzla Aritz. So. You have uh, a Mishnah in Masechet Orla that says it's always applicable, even in Chutzlaretz. 
And there seems to be a difference of opinion in the Mishnah Masechet Kiddushin. And uh, there's other Gemarot that talk about it. But the Gemara doesn't give a definitive psak. The Rambam, the Rif, the Rosh, who are the three major Rabbanim that we have by the, that, that the Bet Yosef decided all the, uh, the, the halachot based on the Rif, Rambam Rosh, says categorically, Hadash is Noeg, Ben Ba'aretz, Ben Bechutz La'aretz, Ben Mideoraita. So that's the, the psak of the Shulchan Aruch in Yeredea, Siman Rish, Tzadi Gimel, doesn't bring anyone who argues that Chadash is Noeg ben Ba'aretz ben Bachus Laretz. And this should be normative halacha. There shouldn't be what to question. The problem is, is that you find already, already in the time of, of, the, of, the, of the Rishonim and a little bit in the early Acharonim that they had great difficulty with this prohibition. They had great difficulty with this prohibition. The Rosh in his Teshuvot brings from Rabbeinu Baruch, which was one of the Ashkenazi Rishonim, which we'll see why it's so important to understand this point. And he talks about the beer, and sometimes they would take beer from grain that's Hadash, and he has to find all types of ways to permit it, Safik Sveka, which we're not going to get so much into today, maybe a little bit later, but right now we're not going to get into. So the, so the, 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 the Rosh struggles with finding a Hitir, and the Ramah also says, up to a point that the Ramah says, maybe it's better that people should be Shogeg and not Mezid, comes along the great Acharonim. Who are the great Acharonim? The Magen Avraham, the Taz, the Bach. And they say that they think that because it's so difficult to live with this prohibition, because basically our bread, for the most part, is Hadash. So how are you going to tell me that I'm not allowed to have bread? I have, uh, I, I have bread that was grown, the planted after, the, after Pesach, and here I have the bread that's available for me to eat now, and it's, uh, and it's chadash, it's forbidden, what am I going to eat? So the Magen Avram in Simantaf Petet of Orachaim says, the answer must be, we could rely on what's written in the Mishnah that chadash is, muta, is asur only be'eretz Yisrael, but, but not in Chutz La'aretz. We're good? That, that Chadash is only Noeg in Eretz Yisrael, but not in Chutz La'aretz. However, however, the, uh, the, um, the, the Taz says another approach. He says, there are shitot, there are opinions that say that Chadash is not Noeg in Chutz La'aretz. So just like we say, when a person has a great difficulty, so so too over here, we should be able to rely on a minority opinion, an opinion that is not because it's a shatatchak, because it's difficult. Because how else are we going to drink our, uh, our beer as our main drink? That's what they used to drink. They used to have their, their beer as their main drink. Their bread was their main bread. What else are they going to have? But each one of them, the Taz and the Magen Avram says, still a Yiddishamayim should be machmir. So it was because of great difficulty that they said this heter. Then there's also the Bach, very famous uh, um, uh, Bach brought down in Yoradea Siman Resh Sadigiman, that says that he thinks that the reason why we could be lenient on Chadash nowadays is because any grains that were planted on land that was owned by a Goy, not only Chutzres, but land that was owned by a Goy, it's really owned by the Goy, the Torah never prohibited such a, such a, such a, such wheat. And he says, 
I, I, we, we see that Gdole Olam, like the Maharal Mi Prague and Rav Shlomo Luria, the Marshal, I told, uh, they, they, they were sitting and they were lenient and, and it seems to be that they accepted this heter. So says the Bach, you're not even allowed to be machmir in front of other people because this was something that, that it's very hard to be, to, to be machmir and, and we found the leniency and, and, uh, and, 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 and don't be more religious than everyone else. That's what the Bach says. Now, was this Bach accepted in Halakha? So there's a, there are there are uh, different communities that accepted the Bach in a very uh, in in a very strong way. The Hasidic communities have a tradition for the Baal Shem Tov that the Baal Shem Tov had a dream that the Bach was so great that when he was niftar in Shamayim, they cooled down Gehinam for sixty days. When he woke up, he said, "Yes, the the, the Bach is enough to be so mechon. We'll we'll drink beer." <laughs> They drank beer, so they were lenient. Until then, they had a hard time being lenient. But then they saw how great the Bach was. They were they were lenient. Now, what's interesting? This this seems to be this seemed to be an ongoing issue, especially in Europe, up until the point that the Mishnah Brura in Siman Taf Petet says that there are many great Acharnim that vehemently oppose this heter. The Gaon Mivilna says very harsh words against the, the Bach and the Be'er Agola and others who permitted it. And the Gaumi Vilna says there's no leniency whatsoever. He used to bring pots with him wherever he goes because he was afraid that the pots that they cooked in had hadash in it. So the Gaumi Vilna was independent, would never be lenient on any heter. But the Mishtaburah in his Bira Lacha says, even though if somebody has no choice, maybe he could rely on these different opinions, but a person should try wherever he's able to be machmir. It's not a blanket heter or heter umutar. You try to be machmir wherever you can. That's what the Biyar Allah ends off. This is the poskim who discussed this till now, more or less. There are many others, but these are their poskim till today. Interestingly enough, all the great poskis Sfarad never discussed this issue. The Birke Yosef, the Erech HaShulchan, the Orachim Kadosh in his Sifrei Alacha, the, uh, the, uh, all, all of the Moroccan poskim, the 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 Torah Temet and the and the um, and the Vayomer Yitzchak and and many many others for the Poskim Tunisian Rabbanim nobody seems to discuss the, the, the this prohibition of Hadash and Yashan on the Benish Chai it's it's something that 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 baffles us why did the Sfaradi Poskim not discuss this either they were they were very lenient if they were lenient they should have said we rely on these poskim, the Bach, maybe we rely on the Magen Avram a little bit more, maybe on the, on the even though the Gaon Mivilna argues, nothing. Total silence. Total silence. There are a few, very few Mikorot. Maran, as we mentioned in Shulchan Aruch Posek, that Hadash Asur Ben Ba'aris Ben B'chutz Laritz. And he doesn't mention, and he doesn't mention the other opinions. So it would seem to be categorically that for Svaradim it's Asur. But if... So, which would leave us today that, that that it is asur. Now, the truth is, is that the uh, the the the, the Marikash, which was one of the Rabbi Yaakov Castro, which was one of the early Sfaradia Chalonim who lived in Egypt, writes that if you're in a area that a lot of the wheat is from uh, is from Yashan wheat, is wheat that already passed over a Pesach, so. Even if you have a little bit of wheat that's chadash, you could be tole. You could you could rely that the wheat that you're using is yashan. So he gets a little bit of a, a a crack in the window open to what was going on, and and those who look into the agricultural history of the Svaradim 
will understand why they didn't speak about it. Most Sfaradi countries were in a warmer climate. In warmer climates, the planting season is quite early. So, for example, in America and Canada, there are two major crops. There is the winter crop and then there's the summer crop. The winter crop is planted is planted in, uh, in uh, let's say, uh, 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 the winter, and it's harvested, and it's harvested, let's say, uh, January, February time. And by the time it gets onto the market, Pesach already comes, and it's always going to be mutar. So winter wheat is always yashan, by default. Winter wheat is always yashan. But then there's the spring batch that is planted around April, May, June time. And it's harvested around September. So then the wheat that you have in September is going to get on the market by December, January, February, more or less. I'm just giving examples. But the spring crop, we call it the, the, the spring wheat, is going to have serious problems of hadash. But it doesn't seem to be that in Sephardic countries, at least I researched uh, Morocco and some European countries, it doesn't seem to be that they ever had this system of two crops, winter crops and summer crops. They would always plant and they would harvest uh, anywhere around January, February, January time because the climate was more conducive to that. As a matter of fact, they couldn't plant in the summer because there was not a lot of rain. And especially in, 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 the, in the areas in Africa, like Morocco, Tunisia, Algeria, and Egypt, there wasn't so much rain. So what would happen if you would plant in the summer? Then the crops wouldn't grow well. So they had to plant more in the wintertime. If they planted more in the wintertime, by default, all of their, all of their wheat is, 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 is yashan. We spoke into certain people in the industry in those times, and this is what they confirmed. I also spoke to a mashgiach of yashan in North America, and he told me that when he asks for Yashan in, in, um, in Italy, for example, they look at him like it's crazy. You can't get Chadash because it's always being planted in the, in the winter. The wheat is anyways being planted in the wintertime. It doesn't matter what type of wheat. In America, it gets more complicated. Maybe we'll speak about it soon. But in, in, by the Sephardi countries, there was no issue of, when, of, of, of Yashan or Chadash because everything was always planted in the, uh, the wintertime anyways. Whereas in the Ashkenazi countries, especially in Russia, it was very cold land that they weren't able to plant winter wheat. The, 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 the land was rock solid. So of course they had issues of Hadash and Yashan because they had to plant after Pesach and that was the only wheat that they had. So in those days, in those days by the European countries, they had a serious problem of sometimes having 100% Hadash on the market. So they had to bend themselves backwards to find different Heterim because otherwise they wouldn't be able to eat. But by the Sephardic countries, it doesn't seem to be they ever had to grapple with this issue, which would explain the silence of the of the of the poskisfarat. There are a few more modern day poskim that speak about this question. One of them is the is the, the Shoel Venisha, the Sefer Simchat Kohen. He was Rav Rahamim Haichuita Kohen from Jerba in Siman Kufla Medhe, and he says. It's obvious that we are posik like Maran, the Khadash is Asur, Ben Baaritz, Ben Bakhutarat, Vikana Minaga Pashut, and that's the Minaga Pashut Biyamenu, and he writes from the Sefer Brit Keuna this way also. 
Just he's leaving it in a case where there's a double safek. A double safek is brought down already in the Shilotu Chovotarosh, and the Ramah brings it down. Some people say, well, the Ramah brings it down, and Shulchan Aruch doesn't bring it down, so the Shulchan Aruch doesn't hold that way. But that doesn't seem to be the case, because many times the Shulchan Aruch brings things that are not written in the Bet Yosef, and it doesn't necessarily, that are, that are, does not bring things that are written in the Bet Yosef, and doesn't mean he doesn't hold that way, he just doesn't bring everything that was brought in the Bet Yosef. Many of the many of the poskim say this, so that's that. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be an issue. Also, the or litzion, the greater benchin He writes obvious that it would be a, pas, a, a problem of chadash nowadays. Just he relies if you're in a place where there's a double safek that it would be permitted. Rabbi Baruch Toledano in his Kitur Shulchanaruch. Uh, uh, in also writes the halacha. Now, if there would have been an obvious minhag to be lenient, and it would be a very important thing to know, because uh, if Hadash is in Yisur de Oraita, you're going to be lenient on an Yisur de Oraita based on no founded uh, a minhag that would be very problematic. And he a lot of times in his Kitzur even though most of the time he just he just quotes the Kafachaim, but when there's a minhag, he'll speak out the minhag. Many cases that way. Over here, it doesn't speak out in the minag. He says, Chadash, Asur, Ben Maris, He doesn't give us an opening to say it might be mutar or 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 it might not. Uh, furthermore, furthermore, even if some want to claim that there might be a minhag that they'd heard of now, but it's definitely a safek if that was the minhag or not, because it's not clear at all. And I heard a rule from Rebel Yashev, Zechet Tzadik Libracha, that any time that one has a safik in the minhag and he's not sure about it, he goes according to the ikar alacha. For Sfaradim, the Shulchan Aruch, Ashkenazim is the Rama. The Zechemed, for example, the greater of Chizkiyah Medine. He has a whole long kunturas in Asifa, Dini Marechet Chadash, that discusses different heterim in Yashan. Every single one of the sources that he quotes, he was more of a, a compilation of different sources. Every single one of the sources is Ashkenazi sources of Rabbanim who had in the, in, the, in uh, according to the Ramah, and, uh, and not even according to the Ramah, it was more Machmir over here, but according to the Ashkenazi poskim that were more lenient. But <clears throat> but the Sephardic poskim, it doesn't seem to be that they ever gave leniencies. So the question is, what do we do in North America nowadays? So I don't, I, I'm not going to discuss this too too long. I think I spoke about it somewhere else. But 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 there is a difference in the countries and in the seasons and in the different types of wheat. As I mentioned, in America, there's winter wheat and then there's spring wheat. The main difference between winter wheat and spring wheat, it's important to know this, is that winter wheat has less protein than spring wheat. Protein produces has gluten in it, which means that which means that gluten is going to give a more elasticy feel to any type of goods that you bake with it. So anybody who wants to make cookies and pretzels where things are more crumbly and not very elasticy will use winter wheat. And according to the statistics, most wheat in America that's produced is winter wheat. So you have most winter wheat that's in America and 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 many products like cookies and pretzels and uh, and 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 many all-purpose flours use uh, mostly uh, winter wheat, whereas spring wheat is used for things that need to be have a, a, a have a more uh, more of a, a workable texture and elasticy texture, like uh, like pizza dough, or soft pretzels, or like uh, if you could imagine also bagels. That is where spring wheat is mostly used. So. I think it's quite obvious that if in America one wants to have cookies and pretzels, he has what to rely on, that most of the wheat in America is rov and it's yashan, and he doesn't have to worry so much. 
But obviously, if one knows something is yashan or not, that's always the best way to go. But if he doesn't know, he would have that to rely on. But on on on, on pizzas and on bagels and on uh, and on products that come from the bakeries that also use a lot of spring wheat, then there's more of a question. Now, it's a very sensitive issue because it's a big chumrah and it's a very difficult uh, leap to make. But there are some communities where they have this system in place and it should be encouraged. Now, why am I saying it's only a chumrah if the shulchanach writes it's a sur? Because it could be that there's other spikot involved. In certain places, maybe there might be surplus. In certain, uh, in certain uh, according to three or four different uh, millers that I spoke to, they have, they have surplus and sometimes they blend the flowers according to the amount of protein. It gets very tricky. So definitely if somebody wants to be machmir on chadash, he should know that it's not as difficult as he thinks. It's only a few products. And, uh, and if he goes to pizza stores that are machmir on yashan, he should always ask for that option, of course. He should always ask for that option. And if he's not able to, uh, then he has to examine the hitarim according to his, his uh, according to the rabbinim that he follows. But I'm just saying that if there is going to be a safek or a rov, a sfixfekai in place, it could be more lenient. In Canada, it seems to be more of an issue because in Canada, it seems to be that there is not so much winter wheat and and, uh, and and there's more spring wheat available, so one has to check what the percentages of wheat going in. But again, it's it's all going to make a problem. It's all going to be an issue, whether it's a spring or a winter wheat. So regular products that one doesn't think it's being made from spring wheat, there's definitely much more to rely on. On wheat, on products that are coming from 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 spring wheat, then uh, then definitely. Uh, according to what we're saying, the Svaradim were more machmir, and and they should uh, and and they should try to have an, make an effort to do, as much as they can to have the kashrut agencies to accommodate that. Many of the big cities they have that done already, and the cities that don't have that, it's up to the consumers to ask and request for that. There are lists that are on the market. There's uh, Rabbi Herman who was niftar not long ago made a lot of. Uh, uh, made a lot of um, uh, information readily available to, to to for people who want to be machmir on this, and it's definitely something that is praiseworthy. Hazaku Baruch. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.